It's the Cagoogie Podcast. It's the Way Edition Against Monster. My name's Alan Deegan and we're going to keep this nice and tight tonight. So first off, here's Rob Murphy and William Davis with the in-match action from tonight's game. Line out to Connick then, as you well described. Throw towards the back. That's good from Maximu. Reaches back to win that ball. And the mall is set from it as well. It's risky throw in the conditions, but it's worked well. Connick is still 20 metres or so from the line. And now, much like Munster, Connick are going backwards in the mall. Still, though, they might try a second push. I think they got separated from that. Might be fortunate not to give away a penalty. They play on, and that's good from Marmion. And a nice little offload in the contact area. Connick are suddenly within four metres of the line and pushing and going for the tries. Bealan with the pick and go on Connick goal. It really is an opportunity for a try here if they can keep the pressure on. They're on the Munster line, trailing by three points to nil. But they've probably been slightly the better team in the first quarter of this game. The Connick fans here at Toman Park making plenty of noise. Connick go towards the edge of the line, try and touch it off at the base of the post. That was almost over for McKeown. They just need to use it again. Another pick and go around the fringes. Just stopped short. There's Beelham reaching out to get over. Has he got over? I think he has. Connick have got the try. And it's right underneath the post, so it's an easy conversion. Finley Beelham. Brilliant. Brilliant work from him. He stopped the first time. He just spun around in the contact, got the touchdown, and listened to the roar in the background from the Connick fans. What a moment early on. There's a box kick that doesn't travel very far from uh, Marmion. Tiernan O'Halloran does very well to get back on it, get the ball back on his side. Connick will need to be more creative than that. Knock on off a monster hand. Munster have not started this game well. Connick may well be a better team, but from the Munster perspective, they'll be very critical of their own efforts in these early stages. Cannon with the carry. Munster trying to get over the ball again. Driven off it in the end was Burn. It really is hard work at the breakdown uh, for Connick. Munster are, are, are there in numbers and they're just piling in, but Connick have looked. Oh. And throws the intercept and Munster get a try out of absolutely nothing Connacht have come back and put the pressure on and they forced a knock on brilliant was that Fitzgerald in there I think it was Stephen Fitzgerald oh that's absolutely class well that is unbelievable Andrew Conway I don't know what he was doing the, the, the crowd were basically shouting look behind you and he I'm watching it on the replay. He's looking around him. He's jogging. Uh, he's down to a stop. He's down to a stop. And Stephen Fitzgerald, his ex-teammate here, has come round. He's saved Tiernan O'Halloran's bacon because that's a shocking attempt at a, at a pass. Robin Copeland, he was trying to find. And Con- Conway, oh, he's not going to like that in the... He, he is the tormentor of Connacht in the past, Andrew Conway. Pretty much every time he plays against Connacht, he has a stormer. Well, that's but wo- that is embarrassing. Well, that's woken the crowd up because <laughs> they, were, they were snoozing here. They're not snoozing now. Tyburn wins the lineout. 7-3 to Connick, but Munster are on the edge of the 22 and in possession. Carry from Dan Goggin again. Here's Cronin at the base of the rock. Pops it up. Connick tackling and pushing Munster back behind the gain line. Cronin wants quicker ball. But it is very slow. He just kind of dummy that nearly put Burn off, but it ended up creating the gap for Tyburn. He's going underneath the post. Tyburn scores. Try for Munster underneath the post. And Robin Copeland is calling the referee to have a look at the TMO because he thinks there was some crossing there. Let's see. Yeah, it was pretty obvious crossing to me because he was blocked off completely. That, that's, that's how the <laughs> you don't get a gap that size. Frank Murphy doesn't seem terribly interested in that, but Jared Butler's really got to talk to him because that was very, very. You can see it. It's, it's. I've just seen the replay. It's very, very obvious to me. Jared Butler still trying to get Frank Murphy to look at it. Frank Murphy is telling him to go back nearly having a full-on argument 
Tyler Blaylandell, is he going to be allowed to take this conversion? Well, Frank Murphy's got his finger up to his ear, which is often, well, the TMO must have said it's okay. I'm. My word. That's, uh, well, that looked like someone from the NFL, quite frankly. But there you go. Munster take this quick. They don't go for the uh, touch. They want to try and run from their own 22. Arconic alive. Daly gets across. So does Aki. And they make the tackle. Munster up to the 10 metre line. Interesting decision. Possibly not a bad one either because they're still in possession and they've gone up the field a bit. Push back in the contact is CJ Stander. Still wriggles free the tackle though. Finley Beelan was the tackler on that occasion. Ball is out. Marmion was up really quickly. Crowd went offside. Called against Marmion. But the hands were on the ball. He couldn't uh, make any impact because uh, Munster just took it into contact Clote acts as scrum half ball comes out hands are good for Munster here goes that man Conway brilliant from Conway there's the offload one more pass and Munster going to be in for a try two tries now for Munster and they have turned the screw just before half time and it's Haley the fullback and in fairness to Andrew Conway after his mess up a few minutes ago that certainly goes some way to making amends uh, it certainly does I mean that was that was an interesting decision not to kick the ball but once they started to get a width, a width on the Connacht defensive line was never organised enough and Conway that's clever it was very simple at the end and uh, certainly the ball was touched down with alacrity this time there was no doubt about it it's gone through Connacht never across Tina Haller had to make a decision and Halley over the line dives gets it down very quickly Connor Dean for Connacht and he's just struck another one to the left and wide and Munster will kick to touch and that will be half time another missed opportunity there winning yeah he's missed two kicks I suppose kicking into that win the players patting him on the back it's his debut I have to say he doesn't look a goal kicker he's uh, he took an almighty swing at that and it's, again it sounded terrible but that's just one of the situations maybe if he has the wind behind him and he's not trying to absolutely drive it interesting half as you say Connacht for 30 minutes were well in playing quite well but you got to play for 40 minutes down here and they didn't quite get the job done that, that tried just before half time which came from a decision to take a short penalty and some really f- slick passing great Connick, rugby yeah. great rugby but Connacht's defensive line should have been able to cope with it and they didn't they didn't reorganise quick enough um, you shouldn't be you shouldn't have a try scored at this level like that you should not be conceding a try like that just through the ball going through the hands Andrew Conway I suppose after his massive faux pas wanted to prove a point and he set it up but Connacht will have the wind in the second half but they need to start really quickly they're, they're 10 points down here now that cannot really get any further ahead of them otherwise it could get very tricky Scrum to Connacht underneath the Munster post. They got a penalty from the last one and a sin bin against Munster. Lined up behind the scrum is Tiernan O'Halloran to the right, Connor Dean, Tom Daly, and out in the far right hand wing, the Adriel Oaken to the left, Owen Griffin, and out here on the left hand touchline, Stephen Fitzgerald. Said it a few times, but he's had a good game today. He might be working his way into contention for the 23 next week. Certainly could be, and uh, Joe Maximu mightn't be far behind either. Right. It's. Uh, yeah. And that's what, these, this, that's what this opportunity is about and that's what the manager wants want to see. Referee says he used the ball because it's there to play. Scrum had gone down. Blake gets it out. That's good to, from Dean to get it on to Daly but it all was a little bit slow. Munster have got over the ball. They're off their feet now. Is the ball playable? It is. But this is not where, the way Connacht wanted it. Paul Boyle, what a carry from Boyle. Just when they needed it. Gets on the front foot again. Connacht trying to make it happen with Delahunt and Kerry. They're five metres from the line. A pick and go from McKeown. Connacht looking to see if there's something on here. Masterson wants to get involved there. He's going to go for the line. He 
reaches out, almost stopped. It's just an inch short. Now they go for another push. I think they were nearly over the line there. I don't know how it wasn't a score. Connacht deserve a try for all this pressure. They've been dominating the last 10 minutes. Can they make a count on the scoreboard? They trail by 13 points. We're coming into the final 10 minutes of the game. Slow, slow ball coming back. They've eventually got it. Munster trying to line themselves up. They get it out. They push one more man out. Now they get the try. Brilliant from Connacht. Brilliant in the end from uh, McKeown. I think it was. I got over. Own oh, McKeown. Two tries for Connacht now, and they're back in the game. 20 points to 12. Leader takes it back into contact and it's Connacht ball outside their own 22 they can run this Dean tries a wild backdoor pass that was poor from Connor Dean he's turned it over and Munster now are attacking again my word they didn't need to force that there William no I'm, I'm afraid that was a bit brainless here's really good work this is the chance of the try what a piece of play from Andrew Conway to hold that ball and then find an offload to Dyke Byrne is this the try for Haley? he stopped just short they're only a metre from the Connacht line though and it really should have been so, so different from a Connick perspective. Still Connick battle defensively, though. Ball comes out for Casey. Here's the chance for Munster. Oh, they're almost over an inch short. Out it comes. Adi Loken tries to push up, but Munster in underneath the post. JJ Hanran wins the game for Munster. Six minutes to go. I think we can say that for certain now. 25-14 with a conversion to come. Well, it got loose, and uh, Connick didn't... Uh, didn't just didn't get their work done there at all uh, I don't know what young Dean was trying to do, there was no need to force that and uh, it's just handed that to them on a plate, there was some valiant defence again but you felt the try was coming from the minute they got inside the, the, the 22 again. Hundreds of fans are just immediately taken to the exits which always fills me with just amusement really, <laughs> I'm not quite sure uh, why they were waiting around just for that try but now they feel like the game's run they're all leaving, 6 minutes to go and Connacht will finish third play Ulster next Saturday live here on Goy BFM kick off time will you 5.35 Kingspan 5.35 at Kingspan uh. there's the kick to touch Munster have won this game 27 points to 14 but uh, even though there'll be plenty to be critical about from a Connacht point of view they can still take a lot from it and I think most Connacht supporters will go home feeling fairly upbeat overall about what lies ahead and what we've got tonight what we've seen tonight I think they've come through well enough this evening. It was a game in the end that meant not a lot to either side once the, the, the situation in uh, Glasgow came through. Um, no injuries that we can see for Connick, which again is very important. Uh, Munster have a game here against Benetton next Saturday, so we, we know the two quarter finals now. Some young some players got a chance to put up their hands for selection next week. There's only 23 or maybe a travelling 25 that can go to Belfast. And Connick, I think, are in a good place going to that game. They'll be a little frustrated that they didn't maybe convert a couple of the chances that they had, and they'd have to be concerned that they do sometimes get very static when it gets to about phase six, seven of, of a play. They're being moved back. There, there isn't a lot happening in midfield for them. But Jack Carty would have made a big difference this evening. There was a couple of opportunities to kick over, which which Young Dean didn't see. Maybe just move the ball. Interesting. Ten minutes up to half time, I thought Connor were under real, real pressure, but they came out and they did well. But you know, realistically, they've still lost the match by as we probably we thought Munster would win it and it's really now about next week this game will be parked fairly quickly yeah very much so next weekend we'll have a full build up through it throughout the week 
We would like to thank the Connacht Rugby Supporters Club, the Connacht Clan, for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out connachtclan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com and follow Connacht Clan on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook for all your supporting needs. Munster 27, Connacht 14, the final result here this evening in the last of the regular season games for Connacht. 21 games into the season. Next Saturday they will go to Ravenhill or Kingspan Stadium as it's called now to take on Ulster in a knockout game. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Lindy McKenzie and Alan Deegan. We're going to have a look back at that game. An interesting game. It was a mixed upside for Connacht. A lot of differences. Some experienced players. Player like Conor Dean making his debut. Lindy, what did you take out of that overall? A 13-point defeat, but within six points with about eight minutes to go, Connacht. Yeah, I thought it was actually quite a strong performance from Connett, given the amount of changes that Andy Friend opted to make. You know, he had said before the match that he was looking for three things. He was looking for pride when they came down here. He was looking to give players opportunity and he was looking for momentum. After the game, he said they sort of, they, they satisfied two of those respects, the opportunities some of the players took, like uh, Joe Maximu, like uh, Connor Dean on his, in, a, in his debut, um, which is incredible given the fact that he had never played, you know, a senior match for Connacht all season and he'd only played one Eagles match and there was pride in the jersey because they definitely could have taken more opportunities had they been a bit more clinical the only question mark he did have was the momentum going in to Ulster because he really did want I think to drive it on forward to get that confidence that winning mentality and on that in that area obviously they suffered a little Alan we've seen Connacht teams come here in the past and be simply bullied off the pitch. Uh, and I'm not talking about illegal bullying. I'm just talking about being manhandled and being sent back whence they came. But Connacht this evening dug in really hard there. Oh, they did. It's, it's what impressed me most. It's what I was most worried about when I saw how young the team was and how inexperienced it was in certain places. But at no point were they bullied. They stood up to everything that Munster threw at them. Um, they just weren't quite clinical enough at times. If if they'd got the, the couple of scores that would have been level going into the last few minutes with you know when they didn't have two scores. But, you know, for, for a young man like, like Dean, who has got beautiful hands, he's going to be a superb man for much like his dad for releasing the back line um, for him to try and control a game like that was quite difficult and you could see the difference Blaendal was very controlling and he, he always made the right decision at the right time um, Conor Dean's going to learn a huge amount from that game um, and you're looking at the likes of Stephen Fitzgerald who came down and wanted to show everybody in Munster that they, they, they're missing out on something and I think he showed that tonight he also showed up Andrew Conway. I mean, that's going to do the rounds on social media. I mean, Johan van Graan at the press conference was pretty blunt. When you get behind the try line, you must score. But the reason he didn't score was because Stephen Fitzgerald wouldn't uh, wouldn't give up. No, he didn't. He he, he brings a, a, an edge to his play, whether he's got the ball or whether he doesn't have the ball. He took a fantastic catch from an up and under early on in the game. The, Conway had intercepted the ball and looked behind and saw that well, he thought 
that Fitzgerald had given up the chase and Fitzgerald was almost like a dummy because then Conway went behind the goals and Fitzgerald came in and blindsided him and ran in so we couldn't see him Conway couldn't see him and just knocked the ball out of his hands actually I was just talking to someone there who said one of the ex-Munster referees reckoned that um, Fitzgerald knocked the ball on on purpose and it was knocked, it was touched down by a different Connacht player so it should have been a penalty to, to, to Munster which I thought was hilarious yeah, that's one explanation for it. I think Andrew Conway at that stage just wanted the world to open up. But then, or I should say the ground to open up and swallow. But then he was involved in the next two tries. And did they, Lindley, just show a little bit more of a hard edge when it came to having to get the, the, the stuff done? Well, that's what they always display. That's what they're known for. They do have the experience. Look, they had a very experienced squad out there tonight. Um, they went out for a reason. They went out to win this match in the exp- on the hopes that maybe Glasgow would slip up and so they would, you know, get that semi-final place. They didn't, but they, they're, they're experienced. They're, they, they do have that hard edge. They kind of were able to up the sort of pace and the intensity a little bit because it was a bit of a strange game. The first half kind of meandered and it was really only in fits and starts that the intensity was stepped up at certain occasions the last 10 minutes of the first half and the first 10 minutes of the second half are often times here when it goes badly wrong for the visiting team Connick did struggle from 30 to 40 and they withstood a little bit of pressure early in the second half and then they they came well back into it for next week in Belfast what what, what do they have to do in, in terms of being more clinical and making better decisions? Well, you'd assume that Jack Carty's going to play a 10 next week and he will make better decisions. Um, you could look at the, the fact tonight, I think kind of kicked four, maybe five balls to, to the touch when they could have kicked penalties and taken points and just had the scoreboard taken over. So you'd assume next week, in that scenario, they would be taking points and putting it on the board. Um, I think you're looking at a situation where Ulster are missing one or two players with injuries. I think Marty Moore is going to be a huge loss for them next week, which means the Connacht scrum, which did very well tonight, at one stage was under pressure, but it held on. And then they started putting real pressure on near the end of the game. They can put that on there, get real pressure on the Ulster side, make good decisions at halfback, and release some players like Bundy and Tom Farrell. Lindley, what are you expecting next week? It's it's knockout rugby. It's an interprovincial game, but it's an unusual interprovincial game because it's not about points or tries or anything. It's it's just about winning and. Connacht must feel they have a decent opportunity up there. Yeah, I'm sure they do. And look, one of the first things I would look at, and I'm sure Andy Friend is looking at today, was the line-out, which really did stutter quite a lot. So, you know, they have to get that set piece right. Look look at the players who you had, you know, out there today who hadn't played very much rugby. Joe Maximu, uh, James Cannon, um, Tom McCartney. And so it's with, with probably for that reason, some of the line-outs did stutter. But so that's obviously the first thing. Your, your primary possession is your line-out and your scrum. And so obviously I would imagine that will be certainly, you know, certainly looked at um, throughout the week. What I'm expecting them to do is to be as direct as they possibly can because we see when Connacht are direct and we don't, they're not meandering cross-field but they're going forward and there's got great support lines that they, ha- they can make headway and if you look at that second half I always look at that second half against Cardiff when they were against the wind but they kept the ball in hand and they kept going straight they kept had there were players in support there that they actually you know, reaped the rewards and I would expect you know it's going to be a high intensity game there's going to be there's going to be you know 
No quarter given by either side. And I'm sure Dan McFarland is going to have his troops really revved up for this because he doesn't want to lose to Connett for a third time this season. Connett, meanwhile, no. They've got that monkey off their back, remember? They've, they've, they've beaten him for the first time in 58 years this year. They then replied and they bet them again in the sports ground. So they're going up there knowing that this is a team that they can beat. Alan, as well as that, we've Benetton are coming here, and they have to. We just have to give a quick mention to them because uh, uh, Jerry Thornley in there asked Johan van Graan. He said the two, you would have got long odds on Connacht and Benetton being in the quarterfinals and in the, the the top six. Remember, eight teams have gone home now. Their season's over. Six teams go forward into May rugby knockout rugby. Uh, that's a great achievement for them. It's huge. It's huge for Italian rugby. It's huge for the Pro 14 because it gets an, another new team in there. It's also huge for the Pro 14, the Connacht area, because it's shown that a, a team like Connacht, who have, um, haven't quite ha- the, the financial backing of some of the other teams, can still, with the right culture that's been put in place, especially this year, bring players through and, and make the competition interesting. There's interesting games next week. As you say, when are we ever going to see Benetton do that? I think it's huge for Benetton. Um, again, a third-year coach, I keep saying it, third-year coach, they tend to win the leagues more often than not. I'm not sure Benetton are going to win the league, but I think getting this far is massive for them and massive for Pro 14 and Italian rugby. OK, what we're going to do now is hear the post-match interviews. We hear from... Andy Friend and Tom Daly from a conic perspective and you're also going to hear the voice of Johan van Gran. Andy, that was a, an interesting game. It was, uh, I suppose the setup was in, was difficult maybe because there was nothing material in the result but uh, you can take a fair bit out of that and certain players have put up their hand and said I want to, I want to play next week. Yeah, and that's what we asked for. We asked for players to... Yeah, it's a, it's a, well, we said at the front end, it's an opportunity for some men and, and uh, we want you to try and take that. And I thought a few blokes really did put their hand up and did take that opportunity, as we've seen throughout the course of the year. And, and that's probably the thing that's most pleasing with this group is that every time you ask them to, to step up to a new level, they, they seem to find a way to do it. Young Connor Dean, interesting place to start. Dad has a famous pedigree. 50th player of the season. Uh, all of them. I've watched nearly every game, have looked fit and able for, for what was expected of them. Has that pleased you and, or has it surprised you? Um, it hasn't surprised me because I see the work that goes on in our academy um, under the very watchful eye of Eric Elwood and, and, and Mossy and Ambrose and, and yeah, colleague Kataka identifying these young men coming through and We've got a great staff. Their S&C is very good too. So you see the work that's going in, which is the, one of the reasons it gives us the confidence to pick them. So it's then up to the man when he gets out there in the, in the arena to, you know, to, to take that confidence and, and to back themselves. Um, and there again tonight, another young bloke comes in, Connor Dean, and he backs himself and he does very, very well. You know, as you said, it's, a, it's not an easy place to come. The Munster, Munster Virtually Champion Cup's Cup team that, that lost last week in a, in, a, in a European Cup semi-final comes out here at Thurman Park wanting to knowing they've got a, a, a you know, first cap number 10 against them and he looks like he's been there for, for two or three years and yeah, there were parts of his game which I know he knows he can be better at but on the whole I thought he was bloody good Were you disappointed at times at a little bit of lack of clinical finish and when you got within six points Maybe it was time to, it just there was a, an opportunity there maybe to really do something here, and it just it got away. That maybe 
a bit of overplaying. Was that is that a little frustration? There was a frustration. I thought we did really, really well to you know to just to stay in the game, and then uh, then when we got that score, um, the Al McEwen score to get within six points, I thought, great, here we go. But yeah, we probably just got a little bit frantic there, and maybe pushed things a little bit too hard, and at a time when we didn't need to, we just probably needed to turn them, and because they were they were under the pump at that stage. But um, yeah, it's that's part of the learn that we need to get as a as a team as we as we grow we're going to get these opportunities now in the big games against big teams away from home and as we saw the front end of the year or around Christmas time we had very similar against Leinster you know we had them 17 points we're 17 points up with 11 minutes to go and we managed to lose that it's how we close out those games or how we keep that pressure on and there's a moment to play our brand of rugby there's also a moment just to to stop and to turn them and to keep them under pressure and that's something we'll learn as a group that's the job next week isn't it knockout rugby you want to be playing rugby in may and there's only six teams are going to do that Uh, the other eight teams in the pro 14 their season finished tonight uh so next week it's 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 really going to be about that and it's going to be about taking the opportunities in what could be a really tight game yeah it will be a really tough game next week it is as you say knockout rugby it's ulster kingspan um Another interpro for us, um, but uh, we know we've we've won up there already this year. I think we're the only team to have won up there this year, so we can go there knowing that we've done that. Uh, we've beat them at home too. They are they, they will be a different rugby team, given it's um, you know it's four months since we last played them. But we're a different rugby team too. Um, uh, you know we're growing, they're growing. It'll be a magic contest next week. And um, is. It's going to be very. It'll be very different interprovincial because normally they're they're games about points and bonus points. This is knockout rugby. Do you, do you have to set up slightly differently for that? I think you run a risk if you try and play a different style of what you've been playing. At the same time, I think you know players are aware of of um, the enormity of the of the game and that the the loss means that your season's finished. So there's probably a you know an, an element where you might dial it down just a touch, but. Um, I, I think you're foolish to try and go from away from the style that you've been playing all year because that's what you've been training, that's what you've been playing. So, you know, uh, all year we've backed our players, we'll continue to back our players. But I know um, some of the wiser heads out there will probably tone things down just a touch um, and we'll make sure that we, we hopefully make some smart decisions. Well, it's going to be a huge week for Connacht Rugby and it's a huge game on Saturday night so uh, we'll be talking to you during the week and uh, it's going to be very exciting for us in the media and for the fans Yeah, thanks William it's, it's been a, a good uh, regular season I suppose um, but now this is where we wanted to be and uh, we're really committed to make sure we go further in the quarterfinal Tom, there's a lot to take out of that performance I know it was probably a difficult game to set up for in, in terms of uh, where you, what you wanted to get out of it but uh, you fought very hard out there as a team. You kept going for 80 minutes. Yeah, I think there's some aspects of the performance we'd be very happy with. Um, as Friendly said inside, it's virtually unchanged Munster team from a European semi-final. We obviously had a couple of changes. We had young Conor Dean making his first cap, myself getting my fifth start for Connacht, and Matty Burke getting his first competitive start. And I think they all stood up very well. So, um, yeah, there were some aspects we, we, we would be happy with. We got within six points. We probably would have liked to kick on there and maybe go in front, but obviously that's the sign of a good team. Munster kicked on then and stretched the lead even more. But um, yeah, there's definitely some aspects. We had played some nice rugby, some good D sets, and I think it'll give us a lot of confidence going into next week. 
you weren't intimidated either. This can be a, a difficult place. Munster tend to try to get inside players, uh, opposition players' heads, but uh, kind of kept uh, kept a tight focus out there. Yeah, I think um, the first 20 minutes really showed we had them on the ropes. Um, of course, coming down to Tormund against the Munster team, fighting for first place is always going to be uh, going to be a big challenge. But I think I think we made a good account of ourselves with some changes in the team. I think when I got the offer to stay, I played more minutes here and three months than I had in Leinster in, in six years so I think it was a pretty easy decision so um, I think it was mid-December I actually got the call from Leo he gave me a heads up that Connacht might be keen and within half an hour I think I rang Frandy to t- tell him I'd be down on Monday so uh, I think it was a pretty easy decision oh it's unbelievable yeah I don't think if I stayed where I was I wouldn't be playing these starting two games against Munster in one year and I wouldn't be given these opportunities so I'm grateful for Andy for taking me down and giving me the opportunity and I'm really really enjoying it yeah I can just say when I came down, I was welcomed with open arms. It was unbelievably easy to settle in here, and uh, I was given opportunities straight away. I think it was my second week down. I started up in the Interpro Christmas against Munster, so um, I can't, I can't, I'm not looking back at all. It was an unbelievable chance, and I couldn't have turned it down. Yeah, I literally got a, a knock with the the last breakdown of of the warm up. It, it happened literally seven or eight meters away from me. Um, I got the medical team involved and we made a decision not to, to play him. Um, it could possibly have played, but um, we decided to err on the side of caution, if that's the correct English. Um, and um, we'll give some more info on, on Monday. It's just very stiff at this stage. Um, it's always difficult to come from a, a disappointment. Uh, all credit to the players who, who really turned up for, for training on, on Tuesday and Thursday. and. Um, we met a Connacht side that believed that they could win here tonight and the first 20 minutes they they you know, got uh, in behind us quite a bit and you know um, I thought we handled the pressure well and I thought the, the second 20 we, we dominated and I thought after half time we, we, um, we dominated territory but we just couldn't get there over, over the try line and you know, um, they put a scrum in the pressure there and we conceded the yellow card and no, um, we knew that we couldn't just stand back uh, because they're such an, a good attacking side, and you know, to go and score that try with 14 men was was pleasing from a from a mental side. The fact that we went down a man and scored a try again, if you remember against Treviso, we did the same, and you know, kind of kept coming back at the end. And no, I thought the better side on the evening one. It's very easy. He took responsibility straight away. Um, it's not good enough. Once you're over the try line, you must score the try. He said it straight away to the team, and if you look at his actions on field, um, he had two assists in, in the next two tries. So, end up from his side, not good enough, and it's a neck job, and I think a valuable lesson for, for him to learn. Yeah, well, um, were you uh, keeping any interest in the Glasgow Edinburgh game? Yeah. Was that sort of relevant at some stage? Did you have to say, okay, it's just about winning tonight? Yeah. We can't achieve the final. Yeah, it's uh, it's like the the round six of Europe. You you have to t- keep count of, of what's going on in in other games, and we as a group discussed it. And um, obviously, we as as coaches in in the box knew what was going on uh, across the water. And I said um, at half time to to the leadership group, listen, unless I give another message, it, it's all about winning now. It's not necessarily about going to score four tries. And that's why um, you know we we went for the three pointers and just made sure that that we win the game. Their last game in Ireland, they they drew away from home against Leinster. We felt it first, and um, a few weeks ago, they're a side with a lot of belief now. Uh, fantastic for for their club, and they've got some excellent players. You know, uh, those two wingers of theirs, and 
especially that, that eighth man of theirs. And look, it's now a quarter final, and uh, we'll have to do our planning. We haven't given that a lot of thought yet. We had a big battle on tonight, and we'll give them the respect they need next week. And before we, we just finish off the podcast, um, I caught up with Andrew Brown just after the game. He was working for RTE, and he gave me his thoughts on the game. Okay, going to get the post-match thoughts of Andrew Brown, former Connacht player. Um, you're working for RTE today. What do you think of that? I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was an okay game. Um, the first half was really good. I thought it was exciting. A couple of big instances as well, you know. And, and I was I was hopeful then for the second half that Connacht could come out and do something because they had a, a pretty strong win behind them as well. But it kind of just fizzled out. It got you know it got a bit niggly and there was no kind of momentum from either side and both teams were inconsistent. So. You know, I think it's it's not a bad result. No injuries, it seems, came out of it for next week. And, and Munster will probably feel the same. So, you know, both teams can kind of look forward to next week. And who do you think did well for Connacht tonight? Uh, Owen McKeown, I thought, had an excellent game. You know, finished his try really well. Um, I thought Bundy was, had an edge about him tonight. I thought some of his hits in midfield... I think it was because he was against Chris Farrell, you know, and Bundy has that, that thing about him when he's going against a rival for an Ireland jersey that he always fronts up. And to be honest, I was pretty impressed with Conor Dean. You know, I thought he controlled the game really well. I thought his passing out of hand was incredible. He had a couple of difficult kicks uh, towards the post, but again, at that ground level, the wind is swirling down there, so it's quite difficult. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, overall, they can be quite happy. Yeah, yeah, and, and it was a very feisty game. Like, uh, you know, that was a almost full strength Munster side and it wasn't exactly full strength Connacht and Connacht really put it up to them yeah absolutely it did it got very feisty in that second half I mean you saw at one stage Peter O'Mahony pulling O'Mahony out of them all and there was only one person at fault there was Peter O'Mahony but I thought Keownsy did really well and on the Connacht side as well there's a few feisty characters you know Bundy was going at uh, I think Calvin Nash a couple of times and Shane Delahunt gets on the pitch as well you can always expect him to be feisty so you know but I thought like, I like a bit of that at times I thought it kind of killed the momentum of the game a little bit today um, but you know it's always good to see especially it's an Interpro so you can kind of expect a little bit of that you certainly can so expecting big things for next week I am I'm you know quietly confident I know Munster put out a very young team today, or Ulster should I say put out a very young team today and uh, they did quite well so they'll be full strength as well next week but Connacht have beaten them you know twice this year so and they went up to Ravenhill early in the season and got first win there in however many years so you know I'd be confident if I was Connacht team going up there next week Excellent thanks very much Andrew Right we're not going to do any more analysis now at this stage we're going to leave it because it's pretty late here outside Tolman Park it's pretty cold and we're pretty cold and tired so we're going to leave it here we'll have a midweek podcast where we go into the analysis and pre-match build up for the huge game in Ravenhill next week bye now Cut it loose Break out Or nothing changes Sad